started discussing last week? Altar versus altar. Genesis chapter 12, verses 7 and 8. If you don't have your Bible, it's being shown on the screen. And the Lord appeared unto Abraham and said unto and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there built he an altar unto the Lord, who appeared unto him. Verse 8. And he removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel, and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west, and I on the east. And there he built an altar unto the Lord, and called upon the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. We started looking at what we call altar versus altar last week. And we highlighted the fact that when we talk about an altar, there are three key things that are prominent. Number one, we said a place. Anyone remembers the other two things we mentioned? A what? A place, a priest, and a sacrifice. And then we said there is a constant, uh, what I call it, oiling. Well, and I said maybe the better way to use this word, servicing. That the altar is constantly being serviced. And that's why an altar that was erected a hundred years ago could still be affecting individuals today unless conscious efforts are made to terminate the effect of that altar on the individuals. It will stop you from making heaven. But there will be, there will be an, it will have an impact on the life of that individual. Because these are spiritual principles. Every altar has a spirit assigned to it. And I use the word spirit because if it's a negative altar, if it's an altar that was erected to the kingdom of darkness, then there are demons attached to that altar that ensure that every pronouncement that is made on that altar comes to pass. In like manner, if it's an altar dedicated to the living God, then the Spirit of God moves to ensure performance as far as the altar is concerned. Today, we want to look at the fact that the altar is a place to call upon the name of the Lord. A place to do what? It's a place to call upon the name of the Lord. When you go to Genesis chapter 4, there's a story that permeates the whole chapter. Genesis chapter 4, from verse 3. Two brothers tried to worship God. They tried to do what? They tried to worship God in their own way. And we know who the two brothers are. Brother Cain and Brother Abel. I think I was, uh, I was ministering somewhere. During, I think that was uh, the, the prayer we normally do before the convention. And during the course of the prayers, I, I said, Sister Jezebel. And some said, no, she's not a sister. Well, she's a sister because there are people like her in the church. Is that not so? Oh, there are Jezebels in the church. And we call them sisters. Is it because God has not opened your eyes to see? Because if you know truly the nature of the person sitting next to you, it's a lot of two things. It's a lot you relocate or you don't come to church again. I say, eh, I saw something last week. You know, I mean, a service was going on like this. 
and two ladies were sitting beside each other. One lady was uh, thin. I think that's the word. I hope ladies don't are not offended when they say one is thin. Is that a better word for it? Slim. Petite. And that's not English again now. Slender. Ahead. I think that I think that I like that one. So one lady was slender. Uh, is that what they call figure eight? The other lady was endowed. And they were sitting beside each other. Now what happened? The lady that was uh, slender was sweating profusely. The lady that was endowed was sitting beside her just kulele kulele. No problem. Until God opened the eyes of the pastor. What did he see? He saw that the lady that was endowed was sitting upon the lady that was slender. They were sitting beside each other. But it's because the heavyweight woman was sitting upon the lightweight woman. That's why the lightweight woman was doing what? Was sweating. And it was in the church. But thank God that God opened the eyes of that, bro- of that pastor. and said, ah, woman, why are you sitting upon her? People in the church did not notice it. It was the pastor that saw it. And that day, God did something in the church. As he will do something today in Jesus' name. So in Genesis chapter 4, verses 3 to 7, we see two brothers who decided to worship God with their offerings. They did what? They worshiped God with their offerings. Each person brought his own offering unto the Lord. But the key thing was not the offering that they brought, but that it was an act of worship. They wanted to touch the throne of mercy. And we know the story very well. The Bible says God accepted the worship of Abel. What did he do to that of, of Cain? He rejected it. And many at times people try to say why and what God did and all that. Oh, some people will tell that, oh, maybe Cain should have uh, uh, sacrificed an animal. But he didn't have. That was his profession. Right? It was Abel that was a shepherd. That does not disqualify him. His profession is nothing, there was nothing negative about his profession. But the heart of worship is what God looks at. And the heart of Cain was not perfect towards God. And so the Bible says, what did God do? God rejected the worship of Cain, but he accepted the worship of Abel. And when you look at verse 5 of that passage, verse 5, the Bible says, but unto Cain and to his offering, he had no respect. In other words, he rejected it. And Cain was very rough, and his countenance fell. Cain was not happy that his offering was rejected. But you know what? Cain was angry. But his anger was not directed at God. Who was his anger directed at? Do you see how human beings reason? Did his brother offend him? Everybody gave an offering to God. Everybody said, God, oh, I've come, oh, this is what I have for you. Is that not so? Whatever Abel gave to God was independent of what Cain gave to God. And God looked at their offerings and he accepted what Abel brought. And he rejected what Cain brought. And instead of Cain getting angry with God, who did he get angry with? Do you know that's the way human beings think up to today? We just reason that, look, 
If I cannot get it, then what happens? That is it. If I cannot get it, no other person should get it. And if anybody is about to get it, I will do what? I will make sure he doesn't get it. That is the way human beings reason. It didn't start today, brethren. It was in the time of Cain and Abel. It will be till the end. But you will notice one thing. The fact that it is what people do does not make it right. Are we together, brethren? You see, that's why if you are truly a child of God, you will have enemies. True or false? There are people that are against you not because you've done anything to them, but because you are serving God more than they do. And they will do everything to pull you down. They will do everything to, 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 I mean, for you to follow their path. I remember one of our sisters in this church and she had some issues with her husband. And we sat down, we spoke, we discussed, look, these people that are giving you counsel, they are not the right people you should be following. But she will not listen. Now, all her friends, the sisters around her that were advising her, they are all divorced. So she was the only one that was married among her friends. Brethren, that's not the type of uh, group a child of God should flow with. Because what? When they began to advise her, all the advice they gave to her was what? How to quit her matrimonial home. These people will not help you. I mean, when, look, you know some things about Nigerian men. They are very peculiar. Some things that the woman desires. The man just says, this one. Let me tell you a, a very simple example. And this, this sister says she wanted her husband to hold her hand and walk on the street with her. Amen? I'm not telling you uh, fabulo. I'm telling you something that I was part of that we tried to resolve. My brother said, Pastor, which one be this one now? <laughs> eh? Same like they hold her hand, they walk. Now he say, I marry her, I, I love her, I don't love her. It, it became a big, <laughs> I mean, I'm not justifying the reluctance of my brother to hold his, his wife's hand. It's not that he, he didn't have anything against the woman. But to the woman, it was a big deal. And I'm sure some the, the men here realize that if it's a big deal that your wife says, hold my hand and walk along the street, what should you do? In fact, if you are strong enough to carry her, carry herself. <laughs> Amen? eventually the home broke up. It was then the eyes of my sister were open. By the time her eyes were open, it was too late. I mean, she came back, she, she, I mean, she said it, that now I see that this people, she left Barry. So what I'm telling you, this thing happened here. And there's more to the story, but it's not, it's not relevant to what we are discussing. How together? That's the, that, is the, that is the way human beings are. You know the story they tell us when a woman says, you know what, the housekeeping allowance my husband gives me is $200 a month. And the woman says, what? In this age, your husband gives $200 a month? That's not possible. I can't take that from any man. Meanwhile, her husband doesn't give her any allowance. Any. And you get 200 
And she's telling you that the man is just cheating you until the day you quarrel with your husband and he sends you out of the house or whatever, will, or maybe you call the police on him and they send him out. You know, these days, the other one won't send you out. You send him out, then your eyes will be open. And you realize that you've been deceived by those who are supposed to encourage you and give you right counsel. Because it has been right from the time of Cain. If I don't have it, you can't have it. Even though it is not your fault that I don't have it. Does that make sense? That's the way human beings are. Cain got angry not with God, but with who? With Abel. Abel did not offend him. We are talking about altars versus altars. And the Lord saw it. And the Lord himself, he didn't send an angel. He didn't send anybody to Cain. The Bible says God came to Cain and spoke with him. In that same Genesis chapter 4, verse 6, the Bible says, The Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wrong? Why is your countenance falling? If thou doest well, shall thou not be accepted? If thou doest not well, sin light at the door. Unto thee shall his desires be, and thou shalt rule over him. If you don't do well, if you begin to admire iniquity, you know that there's a woman who say, they'll say, ah, you know, uh, before you are married, oh, you are, what do they call it? You are independent, you are free, you are not accountable to anyone, and then now you are married. I think God has a message for married people here today. Now you are married, and you say, ah, you know, ah, I, I value, I, how do they say it? See, I admire. Don't admire wrong thing, oh. Evil will not be your portion in Jesus' name. It's yeah, I admire your independence. There's nothing to admire there. Until you get there, you realize that you have made a very great mistake. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. When you begin to admire things that are wrong, you are taking a step in the wrong direction. There is a God of restoration. He will restore whoever is not today in Jesus' name. Look at what God told this man. That's that same Genesis chapter 4, verse 6 to 7. I will read the living Bible. He says, why are you angry? The Lord asked him. Why is your face so dark with rage? It can be bright with joy if you do what you should. But if you, if you refuse to obey, watch out. Sin is waiting to attack you. Longing to destroy you. But you can conquer it. You see? You can conquer it if you refuse to yield unto it. But the moment you yield unto it, you can no longer conquer it. I mean, in the school of disciples, we learn that anger is what? The anointing of the devil. When you give a room to anger, sin is not only invited in. Sin becomes your desire. And invariably, instead of you to rule over it and control your action, you can no longer rule over it. It begins to do what? It begins to rule over you. It begins to rule over you. You must, I mean, Romans 6, verse 13. Romans 6, verse 13. Romans 6, 13. He says, Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. So, you have a part to play. You can decide. You can make up your mind that sin will not reign in my life. Brethren, the pleasures of sin are very temporal. They are what? They are temporal. And once you have indulged in that 
temporal pleasure, then your eyes are open and say, is this it? Is this why I have decided to throw away everything that I have? Is this why I have decided to throw away all that God has prepared and proposed for me? Romans 6, 13 says, do, I mean, neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as though that are alive unto death, from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Instruments of what? Righteousness unto God. Now, when you go to verse 14, it says, for sin shall not have dominion over you. you it's depends on the choice that you make. If you make up your mind that Christ will reign in me, that I will subdue sin, and sin shall not subdue me, then the Bible says what? Sin shall not have dominion over you. Cain did not listen. He did not listen to God's warning, but he killed his brother. His brother who was the accepted worshiper, to make up for his own rejection. And like we said, that's the heart of the natural man today. We know the rest, I mean, that story, when you go to verses 8 to 10 of Genesis chapter 4, we see when uh, 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 Cain deceived his brother, took him to the field, and he killed him. Now, in verse 9 of that Genesis chapter 4, the Bible says, the Lord said unto Cain, where is Abel thy brother? What did he say? I know not. He said, am I my brother's keeper? I want to ask you a question today. Are you supposed to be your brother's keeper or not? Somebody, are you supposed to be your brother's keeper? Are you supposed to be your sister's keeper? I should be able to ask anyone here about someone who, for whom you have a relationship. But Cain, concerning his own blood brother, in fact, Bible scholars said they are twins. And the Bible doesn't say they are twins. Bible scholars say they are twins. Because I know his own blood brother, he said, am I my brother's keeper? If that is your excuse, something is wrong. And I pray that whatever is wrong, God will restore your children today in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord said unto him, where is Abel your brother? He said, I don't know. And then God asked me a question, what have you done? Verse 10, the voice of your brother's blood cried unto me from the ground. Cain killed his brother. And by killing his brother, he created an altar where blood was constantly crying unto the Lord for vengeance. And that's very important. Whenever innocent blood is shed, there is a cry for vengeance unto the Lord. Anytime innocent blood is shed, there is a cry for vengeance unto the Lord. At the blood of Abel, the first man that was killed on righteousness, began to cry for divine vengeance. That's the way the blood of unborn babies that are killed in abortion. That's what the devil uses to hold man captive, to hold man hostage. The repercussion, the consequences of this altar was grievous for Cain. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 4, from verse 11 to verse 15, the ground was caused because of Cain. And brethren, 
when the ground is caused because of you, it's, I mean, that person is finished. Is that not so? The person is finished. Because everything that is productive in this world comes from here, comes from the ground, comes from the earth. Whatever it is you want, you, you want to think about. So when the ground is caused, look at verse 11. He said, now talking to Cain, he said, thou art caused from the earth, which had opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. And now tells him, when he tills the ground, the ground will not yield unto, uh, uh, unto him the strength. He said, a fugitive and a vagabond shall thou be in the earth. And what, it came, what was his reply? He told God, he said, my punishment is greater than I can bear. He cried unto the Lord. So you are bringing me out of this day from the face of the earth. And from your face I will be hidden. He knew the consequence of his sin. That because of what he had done, his face was hidden from the Lord. He says, I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth. And it shall come to pass, everyone that offended me shall slay me. I think it would have been better for him to die. Because what, what followed? God now put a mark on his head. So that nobody will kill him. He will be alive and he will be suffering. As far as God was concerned, his was a settled case. But what did Cain do? What did Cain do? The Bible tells us that Cain departed from the presence of the Lord. He did what? He departed from the presence of the Lord. And this is very important. Because once he departed from the presence of you see, there are no two, I mean, there is no alternative between heaven and hell. Or maybe, how do I put it? There is no third part. Okay, that's it. You are either on your way to heaven or what? Either you believe it or not. You are either on your way to heaven on your way to hell. You are either in the presence of God or in the presence of the devil. You either choose to serve God or you serve who? There is no, there is no in between. There is no free thinker. No. If the devil is looking at you in your, in your folly, he's just preparing you for the best time to destroy you. He will not destroy you in Jesus' name. Once Cain departed from the presence of the Lord, iniquity was multiplied in his generation. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 4 verse 17 that Cain built the first city for self-sufficiency away from God. The city that Cain built was built to ensure that well, we have left the presence of God. We need everything to survive in this city. And that's what many are doing in this world. Many things in this world are symptomatic of what Cain did in that city that he built. When we said, so, in fact, you will have listened to some things on the TV, some pastors or preachers or whatever they call themselves, they will be saying, buy this capsule. If you buy 3,000 words, it can sustain you for maybe 10 years. Because tribulation is coming, you need to buy food to eat. Instead of you to prepare that when tribulation comes, you will not be here on earth. Not because you commit suicide, but because of what? 
you will be raptured. If and when tribulation will come, brethren, I won't be here. I don't know how many people are going to be here. I won't be here in Jesus' name. Because the rapture will take place first. And I will go. Don't bother to call my phone. It's, it's, but then it is useless. But Cain departed from the presence of the Lord. And he built a city. That's the first thing he did. The next thing that Cain did, from his lineage proceeded what? Polygamy. It was his descendant that started this uh, uh, idea of having many wives. Why? Because Cain had departed from the presence of the Lord. So he was subject to only one, uh, uh, what's the word? Only one voice. The voice of the devil. It was guiding him. It was leading him. And his lineage. When you go to Genesis chapter 4 verse 19, the Bible says, And Lamech took upon him two wives. The name of one was Ada and the other was Zillah. So number one, they built a city for self-sufficiency apart from God. See, God has sent us away. Let's see how we can survive without him. Number two, polygamy proceeded from the lineage of Cain. Number three, the proliferation of worldly music began from the lineage of Cain. Genesis chapter 4. Verse 21. Remember, they had gone away from the presence of God. His brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of all such as handled the harp and organ. When you see this, some of these statements in the Bible, unless you settle down to study and understand what the scripture is saying, you may not know that there are deeper revelations behind them. That's why, as a child of God, let not the music you listen to every day be worldly music. They are inspirational. And they are negatively what? Inspirational. Spirit, remember we're talking about altars. I remember one of those famous musicians in Nigeria. I, I don't want to mix names, so I won't call it the name. Some of us may know, most of us will not that, likely not know. But he said a particular song that he sang, that he got the, either the inspiration or the wordings from the water spirits. It's, I don't know if it's a he or a she. Uh, two names are coming to my head, but I don't know which of them, so I won't mention anyone. But this person, it wasn't hidden. It was an interview the person gave to the press and said, this particular song, and of course, when the song came out, very popular. It sold very well. It made money. Every music has a source of inspiration. And for you as a child of God, how can you dwell in the presence of God with music from the kingdom of darkness? Is someone listening to me? How can you dwell in the presence of God with worldly music? The expression is not of God. If you are sensitive, if you are someone that the Lord speaks to, that he is, because many times it's not that God is not speaking. It's not that we are not hearing it because we made up our minds. There are some music you will put on that the Lord will say, put it on. But we've made up our mind. I always remember the obvious ones. I don't listen to worldly music. But I know that Michael Jackson said it was bad. Right? And that thing is still there up to today. Some people have said, they say they are, they are dancing to Michael Jackson's music. And they want to be perpetrating his foolishness over and over again every year. 
they will go and dance with him in hell. There's only one separation. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth. No man comes to the Father but what? It's not your religion that will take you to heaven. It's, is Jesus involved in your life or not? Does the song you sing, does the song you listen to glorify the living God? Does that worship, or do you even have room for worship? I mean, if, if what you are listening to are those negative, uh, negative songs, all these, uh, I don't know their song, but I know there's somebody called Shakira. Uh, true or false? And I know the person is a worldly musician. Are those the type of songs you are listening to? And you are a child of God? You know what the Bible says? Pray without ceasing. What do, what do you think it means? What does it mean? Pray 10 minutes a day. You know the songs you, you listen to can inspire you to pray, to worship God. How can you worship God with Shakira music? Ah, that's another one. God will have mercy upon us. It was after Cain departed from the presence of the Lord that he started with, the Bible tells us that brother, what's his name? Brother Lucifer. You know he was a brother. I didn't say brother Satan. When he was an angel, the Bible says every part of his body was what? Musical. Musical. That's what brought pride into his head. That's why many are times our choristers, they need grace. Many of them are proud. Because of the, the music they know or they can sing, they get to the point that they believe that they are all in all. It's because of the way music came into this world. Who are you going to worship? Is it God or is it Lucifer? Worldly music. The source, the inspiration, the origination is from the devil. Choose to serve God. You know what Joshua, Joshua said? Me and my house will do what? He said you must choose who you will serve. Is it the, is it the God your father served across the Jordan? For us as children of God, there's a, we are going to a promised land. Where is the promised land? Where is the promised land? Don't be afraid, you won't die. Our promised land is heaven. We are running a race to heaven. It's a marathon. It's not a hundred meters dash. But you've got to make sure you are prepared. Be prepared. Otherwise, is there some who don't make it? Or if they, if they squeeze in at all. And unfortunately, if you are preparing to squeeze in, I can assure you you won't make it. I think I've shared one story here with us before. Of a man of God who was an evangelist. A great man of God. Renowned in his lifetime. Everybody, I mean, related with him. And he died. And he went to heaven. And he got to heaven. He had what they call standing room only. Say, you know, in heaven, you get what you have worked for. There's no socialism. Now, God now gave, opened the eyes of another man of God. That one is still alive. And he was shown in a vision of how people were sitting. Some people were sitting close to the throne of God, the apostles. But some were very far and were standing. And God opened his eyes to see that world-renowned evangelist. He made it to heaven. But he never had a sitting place. Where he was was standing room only. 
And the man said, ah, Oga, what are you doing here? Great man of God, your messages impacted my life. Why are you so far from the throne? What did the man say? He said, you better thank God for me that I made heaven. He said, because God endowed me, I had, I mean, uh, I had great abilities. And because of that, because I did a few things and I had impact, he, he relaxed. He wasted his life in comparison to the abilities that God gave him. Meanwhile, in the world, he was known as what? A great evangelist. But it was a failure. It was the mercy of God that took him to heaven. You've got to make up your mind to serve God. The, you know, Revelation chapter 3 verse 16, he said, because you are neither hot nor cold, I'll do what? I will speak out of my mouth. Brethren, I don't want to be a lonely man in heaven. And what can make me a lonely man in heaven? If I get there and I don't see you, will you make it? Some people are afraid. Will you make it? It's an individual race. We are told that when we get there, we'll be able to even say, ah, my sister, you are here, how are you? And they say, ah, pastor, we've come to visit you. Even in heaven, yes. And the Jew said he got a revelation. He saw his mansion in heaven, and they were still making it bigger. And he said, Lord, what will I do with this big house? I'm going to sleep in only one place. And he said he was told that when you get to heaven, all the souls you have impacted will visit you where you are. So you have people coming and going. There's no boredom in heaven. No. It will be wonderful. Testimony will be wonderful. And you'll make it in Jesus' name. What else began with the, uh, the administration of Cain? The production of instruments of war began at that time. Genesis 4.22. Genesis 4.22. Instruments of war. Do you realize today, brethren, the richest companies in the present economy, they are what? They are companies that are into production of instrument, what do they call them? Weapons of mass destruction. Weapons of warfare. Oh, they are the silent, they, they don't make noise. But they own the economy. You know their commercial side. But the military side is the, 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 the technology that will impact the world in 20 years time has been developed now. Yeah, it's been developed now. And they are using it. When they are ready, they now push it out and commercialize it. Then when you go to Genesis 4.23, Lamech said unto his wives, Adam and Zillah, hear my voice, you wives of Lamech. Hack it to my sin. I have slain a man to my wounding and a young one to my heart. So in the economy, in the society of Cain, people began to kill for fun. When you look at that same passage in uh, uh, Good News, uh, Translation, Genesis 4.23. He said, Lamech said to his wife, Ada and Zillah, listen to me. I have killed a young man because he struck me. So simply because somebody offended him. He did what? He killed the person. That was the type of... So all this evil and foolishness did not start today. That was the society that came 
established. This was the context of the society that was when Eve had another son whose lineage, in whose lineage the Bible says, men began to call upon the name of the Lord. Genesis chapter 4, verses 25 and 26. Genesis 4, 25 and 26. And Adam knew his wife again, and she bare a son and called his name Seth. For God said she had appointed me another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. Verse 26. And to Seth, to him also, there was born a son. And they called his name Enos. Then began men to do what? To call upon the name of the Lord. Remember we said an altar is a place where you do what? You call upon the name of the Lord. The name set means appointed. It means what? And that's why I know. That's a son in church today. Your appointed time has come. You know, the Bible says he makes all things what? The time and season for God to beautify your life has come. The time and season, the appointed time for your comfort has come in the name of Jesus. Evil multiplied upon the face of the earth before Seth and Enos were born. That's why, brethren, this world is majorly what? Evil. That's the world we live in. You must not take your cue from the world. Let the world take its cue from you. The Bible says you have the world. I mean, you are, how does it say? You are in the world, but what? The greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Because the world system is centered around what Cain started. Out of the presence of God. As you round up this morning, brethren, I want you to realize that for every one of us, there are altars against you. Either from the action of your ancestors or from your own actions. You know, I made a statement. Whenever innocent blood is shed, an altar is created that cries for vengeance. But there's an eternal altar. There are altars against you. There is one altar for you. And that is the altar centered upon the blood that was shed upon the cross of Calvary. The altar that can wipe out the consequences of all prior altars. If you will let Jesus reign in that situation. I want us to bow down our heads. I believe the Lord has spoken to you one way or the other this morning. What's your decision? Which altar will reign in your life? We are going to pray, but I want you to make up your mind. I want you to talk to God. Tell the Lord where you stand, where you want to stand. What do you want him to do in your, in your situation? Are there areas you, are, you need to tell God, Lord, this particular one? Brethren, there are many inspired music you can listen to. All those set of music on your iPhone and iPad and whatever, whatever it is. You need to consciously make a difference. Change what you have there. 
and let God's name be glorified. And you begin to see how God will manifest in your situation. You see how he will manifest in your situation. Are you here this morning? You've not given your life to Christ? This is the time. Open your heart to him. Are you watching online? You're not born again. This is the time that your name be written in the book of life. Just say it. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you. I give my life to you. Come into my life. Come in today. Come in to stay. Every agreement with Satan, I cut off and I destroy. Write my name in the book of life. And make me a candidate of heaven. Let your blood avail for me from this day onwards. Talk to him. He's your father. He's your maker. He delights in you. And he loves you. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Let's stand on our feet. I have a few prayer points I want us to pray before we round up. I have a few prayer points. Let's begin by just thanking God. Let's just thank him. Today is the 12th day of June, 2022. Give him thanks. Say, Father, I thank you for a time like this. I thank you that I'm here. I thank you because you have sent your word unto me. The Bible says he sent his word and he led them and delivered them from all their destruction. Oh, why don't you thank him because he has sent his word unto you this morning. And as you are giving him thanks, begin to plead the blood of Jesus. 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 Where the blood of Jesus avails, nothing and no one can stand against you. Oh, plead the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Why don't you ask for the forgiveness of sin? Tell the, the Bible says if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That is addressed to Christians, not unbelievers. Why don't you tell him, Lord, have mercy upon me in this area, in this area. There's a song we sing that says, I have made you too small in my eyes. Oh Lord, do what? Forgive me. He's here this morning to forgive you. He's here to attend to you. He's here to minister to you. Ask for the forgiveness of sins. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we are praying. You are going to pray. You say any contrary voice. Are we ready to pray this morning? Say any contrary voice. Operating in my life. Father, terminate right now. In the name of Jesus. Before we pray that prayer, let me explain it to you. What do I mean by contrary voice? You know, the Bible says you hear a voice behind you say, this is the way what you need. Many a times, the reason many of us take wrong decisions is because of that contrary voice. And you know what the contrary voice does? It will allow you to do all the work. There's something they call failure at the edge of success. You've done everything. You just get to the last bus stop. What you're supposed to do what? Turn right. And the contrary voice will make you to do what? Every effort is wasted. Because you have taken the wrong turn. And the solution you expect will not arise. That prayer point is very important. See, every contrary voice, every contrary voice. operating in my life. Father, terminate right now. In the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and pray. 
Every contrary voice operating in my life. Terminate right now, Father. In the name of Jesus. Every contrary voice operating in my life. Father, terminate right now. Terminate right now. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, we are praying. We say, Father. Now, before we say that prayer, remember that when Cain was sent out of the presence of God, the summary of his sentence is what you call hardship. Is that not so? When this Bible says the ground will not yield that increase unto you, I mean, even the man who was a murderer cried and said, God, this is too much for me. You are going to pray. Say, Father, and terminate hardship in my life. In the name of Jesus. Whatever stands for hardship in my life, terminate today. Terminate hardship in my life. Ah, somebody needs to pray that prayer as if you mean it. Terminate hardship in my life, oh Lord. Terminate hardship in my life, oh Lord. In the name of Jesus. Terminate hardship in my ministry, oh Lord. In the name of Jesus. Terminate hardship. Marekebo Satolia in Ragabo. Terminate hardship, oh Lord. Makira Basutole Andaria. Eregerebo Sanrobos Kalima Ushkate. Rekete Likeri Makutulekeba Ushkate. Terminate hardship in my life, oh Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we are praying. You see, any blood crying against me. Blood of Jesus. Silence permanently. In the name of Jesus. Any blood crying against me. In Jesus' name we are praying. We are going to pray that prayer again. It's a very important prayer point. Some of us, because you refuse to preach to that man, and the man died, God will require his blood in your hand. Because God gave you opportunity to preach to that sister, and you refused to preach to her and she died in her sin. God will ask you of her blood. Oh, because you said, ah, I'm a chorister. How would they hear that I'm pregnant for Brother Joe? And you went and terminated her pregnancy. That blood, God will require in your hand. That's why we said we must ask for the forgiveness of sin. Brethren, there is no sin that God cannot forgive. Is there? But you must mean it. It's between you and God. There is nothing you tell God that he does not know. I mean, is there anything he doesn't know? It's just the willingness of your heart to say, God, I'm sorry. If that's all God expects from you, and you are still say, doing uh, ganku ganku, there is no enjoyment, there's no pleasure in hell. Though. And I know you are here today because you are not going to hell. Tell someone I'm not going to hell. If I visit hell, it's for a revelation that I will come and share with you people. Not for any... No, no hell is not my portion. I want you get a brethren. That's why that prayer is very important. Before you begin to say it, if there's anything you need to confess to, it's between you and God. Nobody says, come and confess to me. No, between you and God. If there's anything you need to say, Lord, at this one, you already know it. But today, I am sorry. If that is the case... Tell him, and then you can pray that prayer and say, ah, any blood crying against me, blood of Jesus, silence it permanently in the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and pray. Any blood crying against me, blood of Jesus, silence permanently 
In the name of Jesus. Ah, any blood crying against me. Blood of Jesus. Reka posutoli anda itragabo. In Jesus' name, we are praying. Why is he going to pray that prayer? The Lord is dropping something on my mind. You didn't kill anybody. But they said they wanted to do some protection for you. And you sent money. I don't know, known or unknown to you. Somebody was killed to make that protection for you. And what happens? That voice, that blood is crying against you. I know this applies to someone here. I don't know who the person is. But it's just so that you know, you know what, where you send money to. I say they are making protection. For, you may know the details. You may not know. But you need to pray that prayer very well. Any blood. Ah, we don't want to pray this afternoon. Say any blood, any blood. crying against me. Blood of Jesus. Silence permanently. In the name of Jesus. Permanently, Lord. Mere keba sotulian dragabo. Iprosika ligabosh kalianda itragabo. Any blood crying against me. Blood of Jesus. Silence permanently. Silence permanently. Mazikere basotole andaria. Iprosika linda idagama ushkate. Silence permanently. Silence permanently. In Jesus' name we are praying. Say any contrary covenant. Working against my destiny. I terminate today. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, the Lord is bringing something to my mind. I will, I will speak, I will say it. You know, there is this thing they call bearing. Somebody translate. Incision. You are in the spirit. You know what incision is, right? They made incisions on your body for protection. But what you don't know is that the incision they have made on your body is what is hindering your progress. It's supposed to be for what? Protection. But it is doing what? It's working against your progress. You know what comes to my mind? I'm from Ogumosho. There's something they used to call Ogumosho. It was erected. And what it did was it prevented any warfare from entering that city. But it didn't stop at that. It also prevented good things from entering the city. Until some people came together and prayed to break that bondage before that town or city or, whatever, or village, whatever you want to call it, began to move forward. I know God is talking to someone here today. So, some of these things were done on your behalf, but that's why you need to pray. Say, any contrary covenant working against my destiny, I terminate today in the name of Jesus. Any contrary covenant working against my destiny. I terminate today. I terminate today. Any contrary covenant working against my destiny. I terminate today in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we are praying. Say, Father. Let me not miss 
my appointed time. In the name of Jesus. I will not miss my appointed time, O Lord. I will not miss my appointed time, O Lord. I will not miss my appointed time, O Lord. In the name of Jesus. I will not miss my appointed time. In the name of Jesus. I will not miss my appointed time. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we are praying. You say every altar of blindness be destroyed in the name of Jesus. You may not understand that prayer point, but it's very important. Pray. Say every altar of blindness be destroyed in the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and pray. Every altar of blindness be destroyed. Be destroyed in the name of Jesus. Every altar of blindness. The Lord rebuke you. Be destroyed in the name of Jesus. Every altar of blindness. Be destroyed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we are prayed. Finally, we say blind eyes. Open. In the name of Jesus. I pray that prayer. Say blind eyes. Open in the name of Jesus. Blind eyes open. Open, open, open. Open right now. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we are prayed. Father, we thank you. We love you, Lord. You are a wonderful father. You are a good God. Accept our thanks in Jesus' name. Every one of us that are here today and those listening online, let your thought be permanent in our lives in the name of Jesus. The covenants you have broken remain permanently broken in Jesus' name. The blood of Jesus will avail for us in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus will be glorified in our lives. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Whatever stands for blindness in our situations, we come against that now in the name of Jesus. Every physical blind eyes will destroy that altar that is being serviced for that blindness in the name of Jesus. And we decree right now that blind eye open in the name of Jesus. Father, take all the glory. Thank you, Heavenly Father. For we pray in Jesus' name.